0: Okay, friends. Uh, well, it's Antonia Bastion. I'm here with my colleague, Max. Say hi, Max. Hi, Max. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, and we are, yeah, just excited to take some time to um, just reflect a little bit on where we are in our root study. So we are I've uh, just finished week four out of eight of our fall root Bible study. Um, Max and I, as many of you know, oversee men and women's Bible study here at Mosaic. And so, we have just had a blast, really, um, yeah, walking through the book of Ruth. Um, it's been a long process. You know, we select the book in, gosh, so we selected this book in early spring, like February. Yeah, right? February. I, yeah.
1: Pre-pandemic knowledge, pre the before times. Yes,
0: right. But, yeah, before before all of the crazy things of this year. And so, um, yeah, it's been sweet just to consider Book of Ruth and to see how it's really come alive in our community for both men and women's Bible studies. Yeah. And so we just wanted to take this time to kind of walk through just a few things that we have thought about. And um, in particular, we'll look at um, what has stood out to us as we have walked through the Book of Ruth, um, both in preparing for teaching, but also just now seeing um, the study play out in men and women's Bible study. Then we'll look at, um, yeah, just what has been surprising to us as well. And then finally, we'll talk about what we wish we had more time for, which I think every teacher wishes yes. they had uh-huh. <laughs> more time. Um, so, yeah, first, let's go over just what has stood out. And um, mm-hmm. Max, as you've prepared for the Book of Ruth and um, walked with your men's Bible study teachers, yeah. just what stood out to you?
1: Yeah, so there have been a few things that have stood out. I was telling Antonia a little bit earlier, and as we've been ramping up for preparation, so when I was in my Old Testament II class in seminary, I had a professor who had a very different take on Ruth than the commentary we selected. And so if you guys don't know, the way that we prepare a teaching is beforehand, we look at the materials we're going to use to prep, and we have all of our teaching team read a shared commentary or two. And so I was wrestling through, we had our commentary guy, Hubbard, mm-hmm. on one hand, and then I had a guy named Hamilton on the other, and just very different pictures, especially of Naomi. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, My professor, Jim Hamilton, really views Naomi as like the bad guy of the Mm. story and Hubbard very much not. And so I was wrestling with what the heck, how do you make sense of two very smart people, very Mm. well versed in the Hebrew, coming with very different interpretations. And what has stood out to me is as I've prepped these lessons, this idea that there's this narrative device being used of Mm. the narrator holds up two characters in each one of the chapters one who exemplifies kind of typical behavior mm-hmm. and one who exemplifies exceptional behavior, which I'm sure you guys have both seen and you've heard taught on mm-hmm. at this point in time, but just to filter the whole book through this idea of two characters or Ruth. Mm-hmm. So it's like we have one who she returns to her homeland. That's what we'd expect. And we have one who covenants herself. Mm-hmm. Totally unexpected. Mm-hmm. We see the foreman and Boaz. We, mm-hmm. the foreman is basically displaying racist tendencies mm-hmm. Uh, viewing a foreigner as an outsider. And then we see Boaz, who exceptionally loves Mm -hmm. this woman tangibly. Mm -hmm. A lot of that has to do with his background, right? As Mm -hmm. the son of Rahab, which is just crazy. Uh, We'll see it again when Naomi and Ruth in chapter 3, Naomi, she's basically replaying Genesis 38. Mm -hmm. And she's replaying the role of Tamar. And Mm -hmm. it's this idea that she is... It's not sinful what she's doing. Mm -hmm. She's replaying her past Mm -hmm. of Tamar claimed what was rightfully hers, Mm -hmm. this role of inheritance that the men were refusing to advance. Mm -hmm. And so Naomi puts this forward, but Ruth is going to go about it in an exceptional way. And then we see the same thing, Boaz and the foreman. So it's Mm -hmm. just given me new eyes to see the text and maybe not to see these as like good versus evil in these characters. Mm -hmm. Although sometimes that's the case, but more to see like here's Israel's past that we've seen play out so many times. But here's a better way of living. And the better way is pointing us ultimately to the line of David, which will then become the line of Jesus, right? So that's been really on my mind.
0: Yes, so good. Um, Love that. Yeah, I think for me, what's tested out has just been God's heart to incorporate the nations. That's something that we spent a lot of time considering mm-hmm, as he um, prepared the study and even walked with some of our teachers. Um, and so just seeing, you know, even those first couple of verses that um, he was an Ephrathite of Bethlehem. And so pointing back to Caleb, who was a Kenazite, but incorporated into Israel. And mm-hmm. seeing that at Boaz, the son of Rahab, who was a Canaanite. Yeah. Um, and so just, and then of course, um, Ruth um, being a Moabite. And so, yeah, I think they're just... Um, uh, has been a tendency in a lot of our participants just to, um, yeah, just we don't tend to have seen really Gartart for the nations in the Old Testament. And so being able to see this continuous story where, um, you know, the, we talked about at least Women's Bible Study Week 1 where the Bible is pointing fallen humanity to um, the personal work of Christ um, that we see that it's not the Old Testament, New Testament aren't disjointed in that mm-hmm. and Jesus saving and redeeming um, God's people, um, Israel. And then also um, for, you know, those who are outside of, The covenant community and so anyways all to say it's been really cool just to see those lenses and areas that we wouldn't see on the surface of the text but by going and looking at the context and cross-referencing um, i think it's made the whole story feel more unified and even made Ruth feel more connected to the rest of the bible where i think i know for me even when we started preparing there was a lot of like oh just feels kind of like this random story Mm -hmm. set up you know conscious book of judges just as a way of kind of like a pep talk almost (laughs) for israel um and just like oh no there's really these beautiful themes that are woven throughout and one of those is God's heart for the nations Um, and we see that you know in Exodus 19 where Israel is meant to be a priest to all nations and we see that you know you know, promised to Abraham that, you know, through his line, well, all nations will be blessed. And so anyways, that's been one of the most exciting things to see.
1: That's a great point. There is a crossway series on the Old Testament and they kind of divide the Old Testament books into books that advance the historical narrative mm-hmm. and books that provide color to the narrative. Mm-hmm. And they grouped Ruth into those color books, right? Because right. we're not seeing developments necessarily in the history of Israel. Mm-hmm. But I think very similar to you, I didn't see how Ruth was coloring in the story, mm-hmm. but it, it's showing us, here's what Israel's meant to be mm-hmm. as a contrast community who invites the nations around to worship this God mm-hmm. with them. Yeah. yeah,
0: absolutely. Yeah, and then I think something else that I stood out um, is just the law. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, just to see what a delight God's law is. Of course, we know that the law for us as a tutor in the sense mm-hmm. that it shows us how we are fallen and sure. that Jesus is the one who fulfills the law on our behalf. And, but even just to, to look at the law, um, and to see God's heart, I know, um, yeah, just to see God's heart for the vulnerable and for, um, yeah, the nations again. And so just to truly see that in Psalm 1 think mm-hmm. Max, as you pointed out to me, and just like the psalmist says, like his delight is in the law of the Lord. Yeah. And I think I've seen that historically as like okay, like extra yeah. credit, oh, totally. you know, like well, good for you. Uh, um, I don't know about that. One day I'll be there. Yeah, one, yeah. Exactly. Um, and so really to see like oh no, like I have um seen God's goodness mm. and character more by considering how the law has shown up in the book of Ruth um, and seeing how. God's heart is displayed in his law, and it's beautiful. Yeah. And even if we have to work sometimes to understand it in context, um, that that pursuit is worth it.
1: Yes, so, yeah. That's, yeah, I've been memorizing Psalm 19 lately, which is one of those psalms where David is reflecting on the law as beautiful. Mm-hmm. And I've been doing that specifically because I feel like I'm hitting kind of a dry spell in my personal reading of the Bible. So I'm trying to remind myself, like, this is something worth yes. looking at. And the idea that the law revives the soul Mm -hmm. from far away, it's like, does it revive the soul Mm -hmm. or does it show me that I'm a guilty sinner? Yes. Well, when we get up close and personal with it, it's like, this is a beautiful thing. Mm -hmm. God cares about people and Mm -hmm. he expresses that through how he asks them to live.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And then for me, the last thing of just the standing out is just, um, and you hit on a little bit already, Mm -hmm. but just like the answer to who is the hero of the story. Mm -hmm. And even when we were, you know, there's... Selecting a commentary, you know, like that's its own process. And, um, and yeah, no, just even in uh, just considering the book of Ruth, even before we decided to study it, that can kind of be not a, a battle, but it can kind of be like, which side are you on? Yeah. You know, are you on the Boaz is the hero totally. side? Are you on the oh, surprise Ruth is the hero? Or yeah. the subversive Naomi is the hero? Mm. And so, uh, yeah, I think just getting to see that, of course. You know, it's Yahweh who is the answer to who is the hero. At the same time, just the beauty that each of those principal characters do image Yahweh in a very Mm -hmm. unique way. Mm -hmm. Um, And so they play their part in. Um, participating in God's story and so I think the freedom at least for me you know to go okay they each everyone has a part to play and that's again the importance of the law because the law as we see gives people a different avenue to image God
1: yes yeah Um, almost different vocations in their image bearing yeah
0: absolutely yeah. Uh, okay, so let's move on. Do you have anything else on this? No, team? that's great. Okay, sorry, no. I had a lot that stood out. No, that's great. <laughs> um, so next question, just what has been surprising? Mm-hmm. So Max, what's been surprising to you as you've prepared?
1: Yeah, I think what has been most surprising to me was this idea, what we called it in the study is steadfast love. Mm-hmm. The text would be Hassed love, right? We didn't call it Hassed love in the study because it was like, Week one, we're not trying to throw Hebrew words out at you, right? Because uh, we don't speak Hebrew, we don't read we don't. Hebrew. We're getting familiar with Hebrew. <laughs> yes, but the the radical nature of Hasid love, I think, I hadn't realized the distinction, the degree to which these characters are going above and beyond mm-hmm. what is expected of them at this time. And early in the study, one thing that stood out to me was the language of Ruth, the actions of Ruth really mirror the Beatitudes Mm -hmm. and Christ's teaching in the Sermon on the Mount. You've heard it said, Mm -hmm. but I say to you. And the way that Christ calls us to live as his disciples is remarkably different than the world would call us to live, right? And I think that gets lost on us because you've heard it said, uh, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, if somebody strikes you on the cheek, offer them the other. Mm -hmm. It's like, that sounds really poetic, Jesus, Mm -hmm. What does that practically mean? Mm -hmm. Well, we look at the book of Ruth and see really practical ways. Boaz invites this woman to take grain from his field, like in a modern context. That would be like if I opened up the cash register of my Mm -hmm. business at the end of the day and threw all the ones out. Mm -hmm. And was like, please take more. Mm -hmm. I want to make sure that you have more. It's just a radical Mm -hmm. way of living. Uh, And I think I had underestimated the call on us to be living this chesed life. Uh, Hannah and I have been praying about how would we love other people. Who's Hannah? Hannah's my wife.
0: Ah, that's and um,
1: <laughs> we've been praying about that. But one of the things that's been sticking out to us is like, as we've been praying and there have been some names that have come to our mind of mm-hmm. here's a person that you can love. Mm-hmm. Our immediate response has been like, is there anybody else I yeah. can love, God? Sure. Yeah. Anybody who'd be a little easier. Yeah. That'd be great. And Absolutely. so it's just costly.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. I think I um, a few things that stand out to me that were, or I guess that surprised me. Well, one on the kind of taking stuff back from the text, but mm-hmm. just how it shaped our community. Yeah. Uh, I think, you know, we. It was a bit of a risk uh, to study the book of Ruth, sure. and I've gotten lots of you know lots of friends who are like, "Really, you're sitting Ruth?" And I have to remind them, "Okay, our men's Bible study is also studying Ruth." Yeah. Um. So I think it's, it's not, not just
1: a cliche. It's
0: not just a cliche, no. Yeah. And we've yeah really dug in, and so I'll just say that I think the corporate enjoyment of being in a narrative, um, just how yeah how much stories shape us, and so mm-hmm. I think um yeah to see men and women both see the value of sitting in a story um has just been really exciting, and yeah. so that was surprising because it felt like a risk you know when we floated this idea out to people um like what's going to be the response and the response has been overwhelmingly positive even if even as we've maybe collectively had to learn to love um Hebrew literature I think once we've gotten there it's been really exciting just to see people be able to yeah look at the narrative and to see their lives and to connect it to um just lots of things Mm -hmm. and then as far as the text goes I think the most surprising thing to me Um, was just all of the connections to Genesis. I mean, you mentioned it already. And um, just so many times in my teaching or preparing and listening to other teachers gap um, yeah, just to see how many times you know you had to go back to the Genesis narrative to mm-hmm. um, cross-reference, or even just that like the echoes of it. Yes. And so, um, yeah, again, I mean, that's you know just seeing the importance of the whole council scripture, um, but just seeing how much depth there was in that original, yeah, in that first book. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, just very grateful, you know, for for the text, but yeah. also it was really it added again depth and layers to. Um, not only how we perceive the story but also getting to see almost how the original audience would have appreciated it and so and i think it took it from being like oh here's something to cognitively kind of take in to oh this is transformative Mm -hmm. because i'm seeing this one people be formed even even as i am also being formed by seeing these connections
1: yeah for sure yeah that's the other thing that's been surprising to me is this you have touched on already just the nature of the law, mm-hmm. but I think I have often forgotten the degree to which God's law stands in contrast mm-hmm. to the nations around and even the actions of Israel Yes, because Israel doesn't live out God's law mm-hmm. very long ever, mm-hmm. right? We see just like brief glimpses in which they're doing what they should be doing, they ought to be doing, but they can't do because they haven't experienced that internal transformation of the right. heart, which we're waiting for in the story with Jesus. But As I've been preparing to teach, one thing that was surprising to me was just remembering this prescription of the Jubilee year Mm -hmm. and that their whole calendar, their whole economic system is Mm -hmm. oriented around this idea that every 49 years things reset Mm -hmm. because ultimately no one owns anything. Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. God owns everything because God owns everything. He's leased the fields to these people Mm -hmm. and that means they have to own their fields in a certain way. And what we see is Boaz is really in tune with that. That's why he's willing to give away grain, Mm -hmm. because he knows, ultimately, this isn't my grain. At the end of this jubilee cycle, it should return to the reset, the rest. Mm. And that's been surprising to me, just because when I think back on Israel's history, you don't see that playing out, right? Yeah. They never really (laughs) obey the jubilee rhythm, but that's what's in Boaz's mind, as he's conducting himself. And Mm -hmm. so... Uh, that's been a good reminder or a good rediscovery I guess of the law and how it ought to be functioning
0: absolutely yeah okay and our last question just what do we wish we had more time for the reason why we included this is because Uh so many times I know in the office we're like ah I had to cut off you know yeah yes I think yeah, it's just really tough because there's so much we want to say. It's um, the
1: weekly conversation, Ant and I have. It's like, I had to trim 10 minutes off of my teaching and I still went too long. Yeah, and it's yep. painful.
0: Like yes. I think what surprised me is how much of a bond you have yes. <laughs> with yeah. what you learn, yeah. Exactly. So it's like, oh man, how do you just not mm-hmm. share this? So all to say, what are some things that and I actually wish you had more time to explore? Maybe yes. that you had to tragically cut off for yes. the sake of time. Yes, quite
1: tragic. So... I think the biggest thing I wish we had more time for would be to understand the formation of the Hebrew Bible, the Jewish canon. And so there's kind of two sides to this. In the first, I think we don't understand how the Old Testament canon evolved over time Mm -hmm. because it's different than how the New Testament canon came to be. Mm -hmm. So the New Testament books, these are really documents that were written. Either they were a letter or a gospel compiled over time, but once it was written, it was done. Mm -hmm. Uh, Versus with the Old Testament canon, over time, we see scribes inheriting Tim Mackey from the Bible Project. He has an analogy where he talks about it's like handing down an intergenerational quilt. Mm -hmm. And you see new generations adding squares Mm -hmm. to the quilt under the inspiration of God as they have events unfolding around them. But what these scribes do, again, under the inspiration of God, this isn't scandalous, Mm -hmm. they go back and they revisit these old stories and they fit these pieces together so that the language is meant to be read as one unified piece. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so that's why when we're thinking about things like the echoes of Genesis earlier, it's no coincidence that the idea that the language and the setting mirrored in Genesis 12 and the story of Abram and Sarah Mm -hmm. is happening again here in Ruth. Mm -hmm. And that's not to say historians are playing fast and loose or scribes are playing fast and loose with the details. They're ensuring, though, that as we read, we we recognize, hey, Yahweh is writing one story here. Mm -hmm. And I think the more we could understand the Old Testament canon as one unified story, that these scribes are continually going back to to make sure we see the connections that God has been drawing all along, the more that we'll rightly see... Ruth is reading back into these stories and really redeeming these previous stories mm-hmm. so that we'll see the hope that lies in the line of David coming. Mm-hmm. And I, I would just worry, oftentimes we don't see all of that because we don't have the time to say, hey, remember what happened in Genesis 19? Right. That's what's happening here. And so that would be one thing I would love if we could spend more time on. But mm-hmm. yeah. if if you're interested in more of that, I've become the biggest Bible project geek during this he has. study. He I really has. I talk about all the time. <laughs> I listened to it on my commute.
0: Tim Mackie is our, yes. uh,
1: <laughs> Kyle yeah. just put out. On Instagram, he had a poll of like, who would you want to hear on Knowing oh, Faith? And I said, Tim Mackey oh, or Tim wow. Keller, one of my Tims.
0: Oh my god, yeah. that'd be the best Knowing Faith episode ever. Be very powerful, <laughs> and you would talk about it for I a would, long time. I would
1: force Kyle to let me meet them yes. digitally. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Oh, hmm. maybe one day we'll go back to in person. Yeah. Oh. Um. Yeah. Just on that note, I think something that was, um, that stood out, you know, for for me in this was just um that Jesus in his discipleship process would have heard the mm-hmm. story of and also would have made those connections. Yeah. And so that's just been something I feel like this year, um, really, yeah, I mean, we studied Ephesians a long time ago i don't even know when that was oh it was just it was this year but just the idea of cultivating the mind of christ Mm. and how yes we do that certainly by being taught by the holy spirit and by you know bearing the fruit of the spirit but also by considering and sitting in the narratives as jesus would have Mm. and so and that's something that i know we were able to touch on a little bit in women's i will study at least so just you know like hey like these are stories that um yeah that new testament authors and that jesus himself would have mm. considered and seen and that's a way that we get to participate in his life yeah um that's but similarly good. i think i wish you had more time for those genesis connections i know I mentioned some of them but one in particular that I just feel like i didn't get enough time to explore was uh genesis 3 mm. and um uh ruth two so just um when boaz is in you know they're in the field they're in this land this Mm -mm. dwelling place that god has given in his providence and the which you pointed out this is very common max is the one who (laughs) points out all the good things um and finds very obscure articles which i'm like bless you you, brother um but just even like the addition of the word and gather Mm -hmm. from the foreman which the way that we approached it was that you know that um, he's adding in his potential racial prejudice. He's adding mm. words to Ruth to discredit her character. Yes. Um. And so yeah, but just even that, and just seeing the, the the similarity between to the serpent to the serpent yeah. and to Boaz. I mean, and just you know what would have looked like if mm. Adam. Yes. Would have stepped in and not listened to the serpent in taking dominion over the dwelling place or of given, yes. and working and keeping, you know, it's your priestly duties. And so, yeah, I just wish we, we sat in that for a little bit. I wish yes. we had more time just to, like, consider what mm. it was like for us totally. to push away lies and even just our words, like a couple of, mm. of you know, two words is what I would it, that what could have potentially changed. Um, changed all of human history with sin, mm-hmm. right? And could have changed Ruth's local reality, as we said, as we you know were in this text. Yes. Um, and so, just considering how much words shape us, and also our obligation and responsibility to um, have dominion, mm-hmm. you know, over our. Um, dwelling places and, yes. and to root out what is not of the Lord. Um, and so there's just so much, there's so many things just in that yeah. one is when we got to kind of explore. Um, but just on and on, just getting to really see like, oh, constantly we get these new creation mm-hmm. stories in the old Testament. And then of course, you know, we get um, the best one with the church and Jesus and all of that. Right. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, and it's interesting you say that because especially to think about putting on the mind of Christ by thinking about us being part of the stories that he was mm-hmm. raised in, fully man mm-hmm. and fully God. Mm-hmm. And the one other thing that's really jumped out to me is we are a story obsessed, or sorry, mm-hmm. not a story. We are a culture obsessed mm-hmm. with stories. Uh, you look at how much we watch Netflix, uh, how mm-hmm. much we talk about stories, mm-hmm. uh, how much we're saturated in media. But that was just as true for these people. Mm-hmm. They were just as into stories because they were made in the image of God and they're narrative creatures to think though, that in an age when they didn't have Netflix, mm-hmm. right? They didn't even have electricity, man. Right. Can't, <laughs> literally can't fathom. Uh, but they, are, what are they doing? Is they're out gleaning in the field? Mm-hmm. What are they doing? Is their home? What are they doing? Is mm-hmm. they arrange their festival calendar? They're telling stories yeah. and they're living in these stories. And the stories they're telling are the stories of Genesis. Mm-hmm. And as they're, thinking about the stories of Genesis and the patriarchs and kind of the inherited identity they've received as a nation mm-hmm. and as a people group, it's really interesting to see these characters step out of the, the stories they've inherited. They've mm-hmm. seen their forebears sin, do wicked things, really not follow God, mm-hmm. and they find a new way of being in the world, right? Mm-hmm. So Boaz is very familiar with, with Adam and his passivity, Mm -hmm. not intervening in the garden Mm -hmm. as his wife has this interaction with the serpent. Mm -hmm. And he doesn't repeat the sins of his ancestors. He steps in in a new way in the story. And in Christ, we're invited to step into the story in a new way and to live in a different way, Mm -hmm. empowered by him. And so that's been really encouraging to me to think about.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So many good things there. Okay, friends. Well, thank you so much for listening to this. Um, We hope to do another one as we recap the last few weeks. Yeah. And just as a note, uh, if you're following along as we are doing the study the first time, or if you are listening to this later um, and participating in the study that way, we do have a landing page, mosaicrichardson.com backslash Ruth, that has some recommended resources. You can find all sorts of things there, um, including our Mosaic Kids Ruth study. Yeah. that's something we're really excited about, too, as we talk about stories and passing them on, um, that that's an opportunity geared towards elementary-age children who are independent readers mm-hmm. um, to participate in um, in yeah, the story of Ruth. And so you should be able to access that um, at any time. And if you, for some reason, can't, you can email us. But we love you guys. It's been a joy to mm-hmm. walk through this incredible narrative and yeah. um, to be formed by the Lord through it. So Totally.
1: Yeah. Awesome. Thanks, y'all. Thanks, Antonia. Yeah. Bye. Bye.